Hey there, welcome to Savor Food and Body, a podcast about intuitive eating, body image, food and cooking, and helping middle-aged women live vibrant, healthy lives. I'm your host, Amanda Bullitt, an ex-disordered eating athlete turned anti-diet nutrition counselor and body peace promoter. I spent years literally running my body into the ground trying to keep up with health, wellness, and beauty trends. Fast forward past many failed attempts at controlling my weight, years of recovery work, and here I am today. Enjoying a trusting relationship with food and my body and helping you do the same by savoring food in your body. You won't hear any diet talk here, just heartfelt, supportive conversations with a little middle-aged sassiness on the side. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Savor Food and Body. Today we're going to continue our Getting Started series, and today I really want to talk about energy and mood, two things that it's not uncommon for clients when they first start working with me, they come in and they just talk about how much energy, more energy they wish they had, and wish they didn't get so grumpy in the afternoon. So if you're anything like me. I absolutely hate mid-afternoon energy drags. It's just the worst. You've got these things in mind that you want to get done and you can hit two, three, four o'clock and just feel like, ah, is this day not over yet? Back in my dieting days, I couldn't figure out why when I'd been so quote unquote good with my eating all day, I'd end up dragging myself through the finish line. And let's be honest, what I had still left to do on my to-do list just got transferred to the next day. I didn't actually finish anything very well. I'd end up being emotionally exhausted and then end up eating way beyond fullness at dinner time, and even during TV or movie dessert uh, later on in the evening. Of course, I would feel crappy about myself and vow to do quote unquote better tomorrow or get back on track on Monday or at the first of the month, I just won't eat X, Y, and Z foods. If any of that sounds familiar, you hope that you will get a lot of good information out of today. Okay, let's dive in. So we're going to continue, like I said, the Getting Started series. And today we're going to do a brief lesson on how to help you have steady energy and a consistent positive mood throughout the day. And this topic, like I said, is near and dear to my heart because so many of my clients struggle with this. And when we first start working together, it's one of the first topics that we dive into. And like I said, I was there too. Um, The diet roller coaster really does not serve us when it comes to finding more energy. And when we're in our later 30s, 40s, and 50s, trying to have the best energy possible and the most stable moods possible is so key because we already have our hormones doing kind of a, a funky dance in the background. And if we're trying to screw around with food and over-exercising, that's not going to help the situation by any means. So if you've ever found yourself raiding your coworker's chocolate stash or bellying up to the office snack counter when we went into offices, then this episode will help you to understand why. It will also help you understand how diet mentality tries to manipulate you into thinking you're being quote unquote good during the day when you skip or skimp on breakfast, only have a salad at lunchtime, and then end up face down in the m M&M and 
M&Ms or the chips watching Netflix at 9 p.m. Finally, this episode will give you a little more background into the strategy of inviting all foods to the table that we talked about in the first episode of this series, episode 17. And that's one of the strategies that is part of the companion journal that goes with that episode. If you haven't downloaded that yet, I highly recommend you do so by going to alpinenutrition.org click the banner at the top of the page, and you'll be able to download those strategies and the companion journal. Okay, let's dive in. When it comes to supporting your energy levels and mood throughout the day, eating regularly, having a variety of foods to choose from, and eating in a balanced way definitely helps. And if you remember back just last week when we were talking in episode 18 about cast and trinity eating, that's really what we were talking about, how to eat in that balanced way, having frequent meals and snacks throughout the day, and choosing foods that focusing especially on those macronutrients, making sure we're getting protein, carbs, and fat every time, if not most times, that we eat. That will all support balanced energy from a what we're eating perspective. Now we're going to put that into perspective along with a timing, a little bit of timing, and also just looking at what, how it can play out over the course of a busy day. So to explain what this can look like, I want to give you two different scenarios. I'd like you to meet Jen and Lynn. These are two women in midlife who are doing their best to juggle all the balls and still live their healthiest lives from two different perspectives. Both of them are compilations of women I've worked with over the years to protect individual client identities. Jen is 43 years old. She's a busy career woman. She has two kids, one in middle school and one just started high school, and they're involved in a ton of activities like soccer, music lessons, and cheerleading. Jen's typical day is hectic. She's up at 5 a.m., gets a workout in most days because that's what you do to stay thin and beat the aging process of perimenopause. Then rushes home, gets the kids off to school, and she's out the door by 8 a.m. grabbing coffee and a banana as she flies by the counter. When she gets to work, she might have a small package of instant oatmeal or cereal from the employee lounge, or she'll just skip it all together, just fill up her coffee cup, and head straight to a meeting. By 11 a.m., Jen is starving, but it's not time, according to diet culture, for lunch yet. So she ignores the hunger pains and heads back to her computer to crank out a handful more emails and send off a report. Finally, by 1 p.m., Jen pushes back from her desk, a little lightheaded, and orders a salad from Uber Eats with salmon, little to no dressing, and skips the croutons and the roll. She needs to be quote-unquote good this week because she has a girls weekend coming up with her besties from college, and she wants to save quote-unquote save the indulgence By 4 p.m., Jen is really starving and getting hangry. She's short with her husband when he emails asking what to do about dinner and who's picking up the kids from their activities. But she's determined to power through the last 90 minutes of her day 
Jen heads to back to the employee lounge to see what snacks she can grab. And turns out her coworker brought in a homemade pumpkin bread, which she told herself she wouldn't eat. Again, she's saving herself for the weekend, but she couldn't help herself. A half slice there, another half slice here, until most of the loaf is gone. Ashamed, Jen promises herself to get back on track tomorrow. If we were to plot Jen's food, aka energy intake, on a line graph, you'd see steep peaks and really narrow valleys between them. The line would look really erratic too, so lots of up and down. Can you imagine how that feels in Jen's body when her energy and mood are going up and down, up and down throughout the day? And because her breakfast and her lunch were so quote-unquote good, she was starving by the afternoon, which triggered binging on the pumpkin bread and not feeling good in her body or about her body. We're not here to judge Jen's eating habits, just to illustrate what energy levels look like when you don't eat enough regularly throughout the day and what happens when diet culture is telling you to quote unquote be good by restraining your eating. Of course you're going to get primarily hungry and binge later in the day. That's just physiology. It's not Jen's fault. And if this scenario sounds familiar to you in any way, it's not your fault either. I also want to add in just the side note is remember, Jen went and worked out in the morning. So any time that we're working out, she didn't eat anything before she went to the gym and she didn't eat much afterwards. So that was also setting her up to be super hungry by 11 a.m., not having had much breakfast. Anytime we add in movement throughout the day, we also have to take that into the account that our body is going to need more fuel throughout the rest of the day to keep our energy consistent and to keep our mood consistent. We're going to talk more about hunger, satisfaction, and fullness next week. But for now, I just want to use this as a great example of how Jen was also likely not satisfied with her meals. By the afternoon, Jen was really spent both from that physiological perspective because she hadn't eaten much, but also emotionally because let's be honest, her breakfast of the banana and coffee and the lunch of the salad with no dressing, no real carbohydrates, they just weren't really satisfying. They're not going to be satisfying to most humans. Again, no shame on Jen, absolutely none. She's already feeling enough shame herself, but I want to invite you to be a curious observer and consider what parts of Jen's story sound familiar to you. What parts might you, if you do identify with them, would you want to change up and try something new? And what parts sound familiar and maybe you're just not sure that they need to change or how you would even change? Totally okay. That's just part of being a con curious observer is just to be noticing what's going on with your beha behaviors and relationship with food in your body. So now let's look at this from a different perspective. Let's meet Lynn. She's also a busy mom, 47 years old, uh, has two teenage kids, and works as a corporate executive. She generally works from 9 to 5 or sometimes 9 to 6, although she might also log on later in the evening time to do some emails while she's watching some Netflix. 
She gets up around 6 a.m. most mornings, tries to get in some exercise most days of the week, except when she's just too tired. Hello, perimenopause. And she'll just let her body rest. Once the kids are out the door to school, she grabs a breakfast bar made with some whole grains, nut butter, raisins, and chocolate chips, and a full carton of full-fat Greek yogurt to eat when she gets to work, plus a mug of decaf tea. She's noticed that caffeine and her hot flashes are not friends. She gets to work and dives straight into her inbox while she's spooning up the yogurt she'd eaten the oatmeal bar in the car on the way. But by 11 o'clock, Lynn is noticing that she's getting kind of hungry. She's starting to think about what she might want for lunch, but she knows she still has enough energy to get through a few more emails and talk to a few coworkers. By 12.30 p.m., she's ordered her salad from Uber Eats. She's also having salmon, but she's adding in some chickpeas, tons of vegetables, yes to the croutons, full-fat dressing, not on the side, on the salad, and a piece of bread on the side with some butter. Lynn eats most of the salad, the bread, and decides to save the rest of the salad for the afternoon. When 4 p.m. rolls around, she starts to feel a pleasant sign of hunger again. She finishes her salad that was left over from lunch, wraps up her day by 6 p.m., and heads home for a relaxing dinner with her family. Around 8.30, she's not quite satisfied with the end of the day, and she enjoys some snack mix with some nuts, dried sour cherries, and a few dark chocolate chips. Not too many, otherwise she knows she'll be awake at 2 a.m. If we were to look at Lynn's food, aka energy intake, on a line graph as well, you'd see peaks and valleys, but they'd be more spaced out and way less erratic. They would be more consistent throughout the day. When Lynn ate more food, including all the macronutrients, remember the Trinity eating that we talked about before, her energy levels and mood were more consistent throughout the day. This kept her from binging or feeling out of control with food later in the afternoon and even in the evening time. She was able to enjoy time with her family when she got home from work. And it's not uncommon if you're not a morning movement person and you enjoy movement in the evening time, this could be a time when it would feel good to you to move your body a little bit too. So by eating consistently throughout the day and having that consistent energy, you're able to enjoy some movement later in the day. So I'm curious, which of these stories sounds more familiar to you? Maybe you have a little bit of both in your life. Remember, there's no judgment either way. I just wanted to offer this simple explanation of why, quote unquote, being good with food throughout the day will really bite you in the butt later in the day, the evening, or even the next day even if you had the best health intentions in mind. Remember to parse out the thoughts that you have about food, your relationship with food, about your body, your relationship with your body. Parse them out between what is truly yours and what is coming from diet culture. 
It's important to keep in mind that physiology and biology, aka Mother Nature, will always win when it comes to food, your body, how much movement, stress management, all of those pieces that really are part of the big picture of health. This is why feeling out of control or erratic with eating can easily be balanced out with some gentle nutrition and addressing unhelpful diet culture BS. If you haven't done so already, head over to alpinenutrition.org to download the six strategies to live your healthiest life by ditching that diet mentality. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be also finishing up this Getting Started series, so I hope you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss any of these great tips and episodes that are coming up. I hope you have a beautiful weekend, and I will talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop weekly, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. In the meantime, you can get more savor-worthy resources and inspiration by heading over to alpinenutrition.org forward slash blog, B-L-O-G, where you'll find show notes from today's episode. While you're there, you can also download a free copy of Six Strategies to Savor Food Without Guilt. You'll also get weekly emails with insights and the occasional recipe that I don't share anywhere else. You can subscribe today at alpinenutrition.org. And until next time, keep savoring food and your body so you can live the vibrant, healthy life you deserve. Talk to you soon. Background music was created by Stepan Bell. All verbal audio content was created by Alpine Nutrition, LLC.